Welcome to the Positive People Posse Living Room. I'm your host, Dom Green, founder and life enthusiast of Positive People Posse. This is where we talk about the good, the ugly, and the uplifting. Today, my guest is a holistic, how would you say it? A holistic nurse? Yeah. Taylor coach. Berry. Taylor, yeah. coach. Okay, coach. Taylor <laughs> Berry, thank you very much for being on today. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing swell. I'm on the East Coast, and you're on the West Coast. Yeah. West this Coast was, is the best coast. This is like <laughs> Snoop Dogg versus Bad Boy, or Death Row versus Bad Boy right now. But we're on the same yep. side here. Yeah, always. So tell me yeah. a little bit about what you do. I help women transform their health by healing not just their body, but also their mind and their spirit. So the idea of holism is that everything is interconnected, our mind, our body, our spirit, but also even the environment, right? So we have to kind of take into account those things. And so when I work with clients, oftentimes they come to me usually because they have a physical health concern, but we also dive into how that may be connected to something that's going on with them mentally or emotionally that's causing them to have those behaviors that's leading to their physical health being in the current state that it's in. Wow, that's that's a lot to digest. So tell me, <laughs> tell me how you got your first step in this direction. Like, what was? That is, it seems like very specific and you know niche and carved out, but like you're definitely trying to make an impact. So tell yeah, me more about I, that. I think it's honestly been a lifelong journey. I think a lot of people who come and go along their health journey have been impacted from things. You know, growing up, um, I watched my my mom specifically do a lot of the yo-yo dieting, the binge restrict, trying all these new fat, fat diets, diet starts on Monday. And I think, you know, you subliminally, subliminally as a kid, you pick up on those things, right? And you start kind of having those shared behaviors and I started noticing those things in myself as well. Uh, when I got into college, I, I wanted to be a doctor and quickly realized that wasn't my path, transitioned into nursing, but I wasn't that excited about nursing. I didn't really want to be a bedside nurse, but I decided to just forge ahead. So after I got my nursing degree, it took me several years trying to figure out exactly what direction I wanted to go in. I knew I didn't really enjoy bedside nursing, and I actually just kind of stumbled into a role as the heart wellness coordinator for one of the hospitals in Kansas City. And that was the first time I stepped away from the bedside and did more community outreach, prevention, education, all of those things. And I thought, this is it. Um, then you kind of couple that with my own personal journey. I ran into... Uh, some issues with my own personal health where I got told that I was sub uh, subclinically hypothyroid. I had all of these food allergies and intolerances and it was really overwhelming. It was this long list of foods that I was eating every single day. And my nurse brain was like, okay, well, I don't have any of the signs and symptoms that I know of from a, you know, nursing perspective that would indicate that I'm allergic to these foods. But I decided to just start educating myself and did a lot of personal research and, and started realizing, again, I, that just led to the interconnectedness of things. I, I started realizing the behavioral patterns that I had developed and was exhibiting that I watched my mom do that I didn't like. And um, 
I don't know. I had started going to therapy. I really dove in. I really just like all dove in. It was kind of a, I think all things just kind of came together for me. And then I started realizing that everyone has their own journey similar to mine. And I wanted to help people figure it out because there's, it took five years, but I have healed my gut. Um, I'm at a point now where I don't really have to omit certain food groups. Um, I feel better. I have more energy and I feel like I have the tools and resources to like tackle my life and, and do it in the way that I want to, right? With energy and all the things that we want. So, and I don't get caught up in all the fad diets and the this and the that. And I know what works best for me. I've learned how to like trust myself and listen to my body and what it needs. So yeah. I want to help people do that again. You know, the diet culture has taken away our ability to trust ourselves. We're, we're, we want someone to tell us exactly what to do. You got to do X, Y, and Z. And the problem is, is a lot of times those things are super restrictive and they're not sustainable. They're, it's not realistic for us to be able to do them for the rest of our lives, which leads to that binge restrict cycle that we get into. And it's just, it's, unhealthy physically it's unhealthy mentally and emotionally and it's it's just a roller coaster that a lot of people want to get off of they just don't know how to yeah i can definitely see that um a lot of people constantly uh look for you know like the new thing you know like what's going to be the new mm -hmm. thing this time around and that definitely attributes to that yo-yo dieting but what is um Okay, so you deal with a person who just comes in and, you know, they've tried numerous diets and they've done all these different things. Um, what would you suggest to that person, like, rather than, you know, like, hey, this is a new plan. Are you really just trying to learn and adapt to what, how they feel or, like, how does this work? First, I usually like to get a good idea of what their what their goals are, right? And a lot of times, the goals that they come in with tend to be more superficial, um, as far as they want to lose weight, or they, or sometimes it's I just want to feel better. You know, what I'm doing is not working, and my body hurts. I don't have energy, and I I want to feel better. So, the first thing is to assess exactly what it is their their goal is, because everyone's goal is a little bit different. And I always like to get a good history from them about what their previous experiences have been um diving even back into childhood like I said a lot of the things that I noticed in myself were impacted from what I saw from my mom or her friends or you know my parents all those people around me and what, how they dieted and what their habits were so I go back into that as well and I also like to get a good idea of what and that it, these things kind of become apparent the more you have conversations with people but what their beliefs are right so their subconscious beliefs of maybe their worth um, and their self-esteem and those, their confidence and what they believe is possible. And, um, you know, a lot of times people will look at, especially females, right? I work primarily with women where they're looking at the women in Hollywood or on social media that put out these beautiful curated photos <laughs> and they feel like, oh, well, I'll never look like that. And we have these programming cues that are like, well, I'm just big boned, right? Or, well, you know, no one in my family is a size two, and this is just how I'm supposed to be. I'm just supposed to be this way. And so there's a lot of those beliefs that we have a, a lot of times subconsciously. Sometimes they're conscious for people that I like to try and tap into and figure out what they are, because those are the things that we need to kind of reprogram as well and help shift their mindset and also redefining what health is 
health is not necessarily just the number on the scale or the size of pants that you wear or whatever. Health is a lot bigger than that. So redefining that for, for them. And what I find is a lot of times at first people, it's hard to unlearn however many years of diet culture programming they've received. Oh, I have to only eat 1200 calories. Most people need way more than 1200 calories a day. There's very few people that um, can live healthfully on 1200 calories. So just really reprogramming people feel like, oh, I'm eating a lot or, oh, I can eat carbs or <laughs> whatever their, their personal programming is. It, it takes time to really, and, and practice to unlearn a lot of those things and reprogram them moving forward. Yeah, I definitely feel like uh, a lot of people are not really connected to understanding what foods do what for them. And mm -hmm. I would say that I learned probably when I was around like 27 um, to be a little bit more mindful about what I eat and how it makes me feel because there's definitely an emotional connection for me to pick up certain foods. There's also an emotional um, connection or feeling that I get when I eat certain foods, good or bad. And um, I think that's hard for a lot of people to understand, you know, uh, what they're feeling emotionally or physically when they eat certain food groups. And, you know, it is probably one of the most uncomfortable feelings uh, to eat to uh, exhaustion or being stuffed. And so uh, buffets, I've, you know, I've, I'll, I've been turned off by buffets for a long time. <laughs> for multiple reasons. <laughs> uh, multiple reasons. Um, and also, you know, those sneeze guards don't, like, even prevent a lot of, you know, the nastiness that happens with buffets. Um, another reason why, the other day, I actually, sorry to get off topic, the other day someone said, uh, something about how masks are stupid. Do they really prevent anything? I said, let's just go ahead and remove all the sneeze guards at Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. You want to eat there now? Do, have you seen people in line pointing at food? Their fingers would be pointing into the, uh, I don't know, the new queso sauce or whatever. Yeah. Let me get some of that. Licking their fingers <laughs> off. Come on now. Um, but you know, like, again, with the emotional connection and what we put in our system, there's definitely something that has to happen with us mentally. Is that, mm -hmm. is that where your mind's at? And maybe some of your philosophy, uh, you know, it, yes. what you eat could, you know, change your entire behavior. Yeah, absolutely. I think most of us today um, are nutrient deficient. And so I heard this example the other day and I've been kind of taking it and I don't remember exactly where I heard it to, to give them credit, but it was basically, oh, I know it was, I've been watching the Zac Efron Netflix. Every uh, girl has been watching Down to Earth. It's not even about Zac Efron. It's, it makes me want to go travel to all these. It's really good. I really recommend it. It's, it's all about, they're diving into food and he's traveling with, his name's Darren I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Olean or something like that. And he is a superfoods guru. And so he's traveling with him to all these places and they're talking about sustainability and it's all stuff right at my alley, right? Food and um, the health benefits of food, water, all that. It's not even about Zac Efron. I mean, he's, you know, cherry on the top, but it's, that's not what it's about. <laughs> but um, he, what he was explaining, what Darren was saying is that I think that there's a difference that people don't always realize that you might go to McDonald's and eat 
the Big Mac meal and you may be full, but you will still be nutritionally starved. And so, you know, I think that's what we, that's what I try and work on people with people about is for me, it's not so much the calories or the macronutrients even it's, it's trying to make choices that are going to fuel my body with nutrients that are going to best support my body to function optimally. I think, you know, um, the other factor that plays into this that we have to tackle or I have to tackle with a lot of people is their gut health because we eat so much processed, highly chemical foods, it destroys our gut lining. And so the ability to actually absorb the nutrients, even when we are eating them can be severely decreased because they're, it's permeating through our gut lining inappropriately, or it's not going through the proper mode of digestion where we can absorb the nutrients in our intestines like we're supposed to. So that's oftentimes what we have to kind of tackle. Step one is helping or starting to repair the gut. And that's a process. You know, it took you however many years, right? I'm 33. So let's say I've been eating this way for 33 years. I'm not just going to fix my gut overnight, right? It's going to take a little bit of time, practice. And, and so knowing acceptable, it's about making informed decisions, right? And there's nothing necessarily wrong with emotional eating. There's a lot of beautiful things about emotional eating. We eat to celebrate things. You know, we join people in community to, to eat and those are emotional eating and that's okay. But it's making the informed decision of, I'm choosing to eat this Big Mac because I want it and that's fine. And I know I'm probably going to feel like crap after this. And I know that, you know, whatever, but you know, later today, tomorrow, I'll maybe make a a better, and I say better meaning more nutritionally dense choice that is going to support my health and things a little bit better. So it's, it's about knowing what you're consuming and trying to be educated so you can make it an informed decision and an informed decision again may still be the big mac but you've made that choice knowing what it's gonna what's gonna have the effects of what it's gonna have on you got all my information still want to have my two (laughs) big macs exactly Um, exactly okay so maybe can you tell me or tell us what are some ways to identify um you know maybe being conscious about you know, maybe not feeling good or not. Some people may just think that this is the only way, you know, this is how I have always felt or, you know, like they just accept it. You know, what are some yeah. of your, your thoughts on that? Yeah. The, honestly, there's a lot of cues. Um, you shouldn't, especially if you're getting a good night's sleep, you should feel awake and energized. You know, you shouldn't be feeling super fatigued and tired all day. So that's a huge I think most people are tired, which indicates that you are deficient in something, right? Something's not right. We shouldn't be um, so exhausted all the time. But um, any GI things that aren't normal in your GI, whether you're not using the bathroom frequently enough or maybe you're using it too frequently enough, um, that's usually obviously a clear indicator. Joint pain, um, headaches. I mean, there's a lot of symptoms and there's a huge connection between your gut and your mind, kind of going back to your question a little bit ago is a lot of our gut health, whether it's in good condition or not, is tied to our mental health. And so it's important, you know, what we eat also feeds our brain. So if we're eating these super crappy diets, our mental health is probably going to be not so great either, right? We're going to be more depressed, more anxious, um, just not have a great mindset. So 
that's important to factor into. It's not just about the physical health aspect. There's also some, some signs that we can see from a mental health perspective too. If an individual has been drinking nothing but Coca-Cola all their <laughs> lives without water or anything, that's not me. What would their <laughs> inside look like? Oh my gosh. Um, pretty honestly, lack of water, like pretty much the only water they're getting is when they're brushing their teeth. Like, <laughs> Well, you know, you do get water. You would have some water from the Coca-Cola um, and there is water in food. Certain foods are going to have a higher amount of water. So that individual would likely be consuming some, some amount of water. But yeah, you know, I mean, if you're, which I'm guilty of this too. I'm exceptionally dehydrated today. I was busy working all day yesterday and I didn't drink enough water, but I can feel it, right? I'm yeah. my, I feel like my joints hurt more. I see it in my skin. Um, I, in my, my mouth feels dry. My nails feel dry and brittle. brittle. I, you know, there's a lot of indicators. So I would guess that. And then I wouldn't even begin to venture to guess what the insides would look like. It's all the acid and stuff from that Coca-Cola. It's like not it good. Be, it's not no, good. It'd be a mess. <laughs> it's not good. Um, so as far as what are some of the possible choices that people think that are good choices that are in fact bad choices? So I don't like to label things good and bad. I'm not okay. a big firm believer in like absolute. I feel that's okay. I feel the same thing about myself. I don't feel like I'm the good guy. I don't feel like I'm the bad guy. I'm somewhere in the this middle. Are. I'm just, yeah. I'm just who I am. I don't believe in good or bad. Thank you. Yeah. I, so, I think, yeah. again, I think that's a big diet culture thing, right? To label something healthier, unhealthy, good, bad, whatever. And I just don't think there's anything. And if there is very few things are so black and white that it, so we can say this is good and this is bad. They just things provide you with dif different nutritional value, right? There's going to be if you choose There's a the purpose apple, for everything, right? Yes, yes. Like chips complement the burger, but you can't eat <laughs> yes. chips all day, every day. Exactly, exactly. And But I think we don't know our society, um, both from a health perspective and just in general, right? We tend to be all or nothing. People are either all the way on their diet, they're eating full-on keto, no carbohydrates whatsoever, <laughs> um, which that's a whole other thing. Um, vegetables are carbohydrates. But I hate when people are like, I don't eat any carbs. I'm like, well, did you yeah. eat a vegetable? Because you ate a carb, but okay. So <laughs> um, they're either all the way on keto 100%, right? Or, and they're, they're doing great, exercising, all the things, right? Or they're over here and they are eating all the carbs, donuts, sugar, you know, not working out, whatever. And I think we have to find a way to be better about finding a middle ground. Um, but again, I think it's that programming of the diet culture of like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing keto. I just, that's the big thing right now, right? So I'm doing keto. And then let's say I decided to go out to eat with friends and I wanted to eat the pasta. Well, oh, I blew my diet. So, oh, well, I already had the pasta. I might as well have the cake, right? And then it's like the next morning you wake up and you're going to be feeling kind of crappy because you ate the pasta and the cake after not having it. So you're going to feel bloated and descended and your stomach might be doing weird things. And then you're going to say, well, screw this. I'm just going to go ahead and have a donut or whatever. And so oftentimes it's just a snowball effect of things. And that might go on for a period of time. The rest of that day, the rest of that week, maybe it's Thursday. And you're like, you know what? It's the weekend. I'll just start again on Monday. 
If I've heard why is it always Monday? Monday yeah. <laughs> always <laughs> Monday. It doesn't take Monday to make good decisions, does it? Exactly. So I think you know it's just about there's nothing wrong with getting the pasta and the cake, but I think it's just about saying okay, I had we we tend to beat ourselves up, and that's the problem is it creates this. It's that's where it goes into the mental health piece, right? And and you start down this downward spiral of you feel like you failed and you feel like um, there's a lot of shame associated with it and all the stuff. And so then it's, it's, we go from being a hundred percent on to 0% on. And so until Monday again, and whatever Monday we deem appropriate. And so I think it's just about saying, okay, I had the pasta and the cake. I'm going to feel kind of crappy today. I'm going to drink a lot of extra water to help kind of flush some of those things out that don't make me feel so great. And I'm going to start my day with a, you know, a, more of a nutritionally dense breakfast. And we get back on track and we, and it's not even about being on track. It's about, that's life. <laughs> like that's yeah, life. But I also feel like no matter what, I, I have to beat myself up a little bit, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Per, me personally, it seems like I often, um, if, when I eat something really good, I never regret it, right? But when like I a make salad or something, yeah, I never regret yeah. it. I never regret working out. But as soon as I eat like bad stuff constantly, or or even like one period of day, it's not that I like regret it. I just don't feel at my best, and I'm just like. Uh, I kind of resent it a little bit to some degree. But, but why do you regret it? I think it's all about it? how I feel. I think it's okay. how I feel. It's not, it, it could be associated to my goals. Uh, I'm not the perfect individual, but you know, to me, I, I constantly feel like, mm, am I at my best? Am I doing my best? You know, so maybe I put too much pressure on myself. But I think a lot of times the reason you regret it and you feel bad about it is because it feels like you did something wrong like I yeah. say it to like think about like breaking the law like you know like it, it you didn't you had a piece you had some pasta it's not the end of the world it's fine and like I said yeah you might feel it physically but again you made that informed decision in that moment that's what you wanted that's what sounded good you you enjoyed did you enjoy the time that you had with whoever you were with or just did you enjoy the pasta okay great let's move forward right it's, it, you didn't do anything bad. You didn't do anything bad. You just enjoyed food. And so it's like, that's, that's where we have to start switching that programming. You know, it's funny that you say breaking the law because <laughs> I feel like if I broke the law, then it would feel like someone's always on my back. Someone's going to find out somehow, some way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with food, that's not necessarily the case. It's like you eat it, you might feel bad, but no one's going to really know what you need to look like or whatever. Like they, I think we always, it's kind of like to me, analogy, here's an analogy. You're wearing white shoes. You notice that scuff on your right foot. No one else sees it. All they see is a, like pearly white shoes walking down the street. But in your mind, you know that you can see that scuff. And yeah, I, I, I definitely, me, in my I definitely mind, feel like the, the world makes, makes you feel this way. Yeah. See, I was going to say, in my mind, in that scenario, everyone is seeing the scuff and they're thinking, yes. oh my gosh, what a bum. Like, she couldn't clean that scuff up before she came out or, you know, and that's the thing is we think everybody is seeing that. We think everybody knows, we think everybody sees it. Or, um, you know, if for some reason we're dieting for to look 
whatever a certain type of way then and because we're feeling bloated and those kinds of things it you know we're going to feel less confident we're going to feel and so we feel like everyone can see that you know and so it's there that's where a lot of times the shame comes in and, and there's a lot of people myself included recovering a you know secret eater where I wait until nobody's around and I'll eat food that I wanted to eat all day maybe I've been thinking about it all day but I didn't want anyone to know I was going to eat it right because of the shame that would be associated with them being like hmm, I thought you said that you had a certain goal these damn <laughs> comparison so, games <laughs> yeah so it's you know that's a lot of a lot of people I think I would venture to guess most people do some form of secret eating yeah definitely I did that last night I had a Kit Kat bar <laughs> at like 12 12 a.m eastern standard time <laughs> Yeah, that that's the that's the brutal honesty of it. It's like I, I believe in being honest with ourselves, you know, like that's mm -hmm. how we hold ourselves very accountable, but also understanding like the reasons why we do things. I, I believe mm -hmm. that there's no reason that you do something without a reason. Like right. if you think carelessly, maybe you're just a careless person, maybe that's your reason. I don't know what it is, but we are doing things emotionally constantly. I'm not sure how many decisions that we make for ourselves each day, but there's also a lot more elements in our lives too, especially with social media, comparison, mm -hmm. uh, the comparison games on that, uh, people not maybe feeling fit, uh, financially stable, and all these mm -hmm. other things. Like, it's all funneling to your food and what you take, right? And mm -hmm. probably your activities as well, because that messes mm -hmm. with your sleep. It could be a lonely, dark road, if you don't start with something. So maybe yeah. my next question for you would be, um, you know, maybe what are, what are some like good steps in the right direction that people can take just to get, um, you know, emotionally secure with what they're eating or what they're doing in life? So the first thing I want to say is um, we are emotional beings, right? So to think that we can be robots and not, be influenced by our emotions in pretty much every single way of life is ridiculous because we, we are emotional beings. I did a post yesterday about the emotional wheel. And I think the one thing that we can do in relation to that, again, to make better informed decisions is to become more aware of the emotion that we're having because I don't know about you, but I didn't, I grew up in a small town and it was like, you um, don't feel that way don't cry you know I, it was very much more of a suppress the emotions type of environment and you know we aren't taught a lot of us aren't taught how to identify the emotion and if we do we don't have a broad emotional vocabulary there's oh, like 34,000 plus different types of emotions that we can experience so I think first is getting more in touch with being able to identify that emotion because then you know we can ask ourselves okay why am I feeling this way and what do I need to move through this? And for example, when we eat, right? A lot of times people eat because they're bored. So one of the things on the emotion wheel is there's core, seven core emotions. Sad is one of the core emotions. And if you work your way out, it would be feeling lonely and then isolated. So I'm eating because I'm feeling isolated. And what I really need to fulfill that emotion that I'm feeling is not food. It's probably to pick up the phone and call a friend and feel connected again. And so the better we can be at identifying the emotion, we can then better decide what we need to do to like move forward. 
or tend to that emotion um, in, in, in a way that maybe isn't about food, right? And it's okay if it is food, but we can, again, make that informed decision. But I think one thing that I talk about all the time is mindset and routine and how important routine is. And I, I've been talking about this a lot with a lot of people, especially given that we're in quarantine, a lot of people are working from home all of a sudden, and it takes a lot of discipline. Um, people want motivation all the time. I tell people everyone loses, loses motivation. Even your biggest, best, healthiest guru is going to lose motivation at some point. And it all boils down to discipline and those habits that we create. So um, with that being said, to kind of answer your question, to avoid that all or nothing cycle that we tend to get ourselves into, I think it's about starting small, picking one area. I actually have, um, I do this, sorry, I have it printed off. It's a wellness inventory that I do with my clients and there's 10 different areas of wellness and I have them go through and score each area. So it's not a ranking system. You can have the same score on certain areas, but then we look at the areas that they scored the lowest and that's usually where we want to attend, put our attention to first. And then we set goals around improving those things, right? So let's say it is your mental or emotional health, then what are some goals that you can set to do that? What are some things that we can do to improve those areas? And then we start small. Um, I also talk about a magic morning, what works really well for me. That's when I notice that I have the most focus, the most productivity, have the best energy about my day, my mindset's on point, where I get up and I usually start my day with a little bit of movement. It doesn't have to be anything crazy or strenuous, even just a 20 minute walk with the dog. Come back to my house and I do a meditation. I like to do like 10, 15, 20 minute meditations, but I've been doing this a while. When I first started, I could barely do it for five minutes. <laughs> so that's okay. And then, um, you know, I just go through my day. I, I repeat some affirmations. I set my intention for the day. I practice gratitude. I enjoy my cup of coffee, magic, meditation, affirmations, gratitude, intention, coffee. <laughs> my magic morning, and then I go to town on my goals and the things that I'm working towards. So I think whatever, again, it's individual to you, but whatever area you're wanting to focus in first, pick one or two things that you want to set as goals, reverse engineer those down into smaller attainable things. So maybe you want to start being more active. Let's not jump straight to doing a two-hour workout every single day potentially injure yourself, <laughs> burn out on it. And maybe we focus on trying to do one 10 minute walk three days a week. And then the next week, maybe it's, we're building up to 20 minutes or, you know, when we, we build on that. So we're creating something that is a habit and that is sustainable and we can continue to do over time. And then once that becomes the norm or easy, we can look at what the next thing we're going to do which you know maybe would be okay i've been walking maybe i want to add in some resistance training if we're going along the exercise thing but you can continue to build on it it's like you're going to build your house think about it you want to build no, a foundation and build on it yeah i always uh have seen the best progress made is when we make these incremental steps that are mm -hmm. not just all at once because people get overwhelmed we tend to fall off a lot quicker once we start adding all these things to our schedule, all these supplements to our diet. Like mm -hmm. I have to do all these things to be in routine. And, mm -hmm. you know, quite frankly, not everyone has been optimized to just go all in. And so when people need something 
some successful words or whatever it is, you can't just give them just like, hey, this is everything that I'm doing, you follow it and then you'll be successful. Well, there's a lot of mindset that goes into it as well. So it's yeah. not, not everyone well, can have the same carved out plan. Yeah, and they're at chapter 20 and you're at chapter one. So you yeah. get chapters one through 19, you know, and think Some that you big, can do so successfully. blase, blase <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. 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 steps and then walk yeah. away. Yes. You know, I, I think I talk about that with all the people all the time. You know, I didn't get here overnight. I mean, this my personal health journey is still ongoing, right? It's always, There's not a finish line when it comes to health. The finish line is when you die, essentially, right? And as morbid as that is, you're, there's always going to be things that you can be working on, improving, learning more about, whatever. We have a very complex system that goes on here. And there's, I'm constantly learning more and trying to implement it and seeing, does this work for me? Does this not work for me? And so I think to not feel like there's an end point that you have to get to, that once I get there, I'm going to be happy, um, knowing that it's an ongoing process and journey and we're constantly learning I love the I believe it's a Maya Angelou quote about like when you know better you do better this is what I was doing for a really long time and then I learned something new and oh you know it's I'm going to change my behavior now it's okay to admit that what I was doing maybe was wrong or contradictory and now I'm going to adjust and I think um I totally lost my train of thought there. <laughs> but that's okay. You're a human being. You know, one, <laughs> yeah. one, thing, one thing that I do notice is a lot of people, um, I think why, why they're comparing themselves to other people is because they're picking themselves apart and they're looking at other individuals who may also be insecure and they think that that's like their driving reason when, you know, it's not it's not that they shouldn't talk about being goal oriented, but I think just being goal oriented is like the, the main primary focus. I think that helps our mental health is, you know, if you eat good, you feel good, you start doing things that make you feel good. And working out initially is not going to make you feel good. But once you get into that routine and you, you really start to overcome, you know, um, your fatigue and all of that, it makes you feel more enhanced so your, your brain enhancement like the, your cognitive thinking um, mm -hmm. uh, but you know it's all about routine it's all about being goal oriented I, I think that if people can just look at more goals that are going to be constructive for them not goals as being your weight loss or whatever it may be just like really just think about how you feel I think that's that's what's helped me in the past right well and going back to what you want not Yep. What you think that you should want because that's what so-and-so is doing what you know what do you want or someone's um, gonna you, like you more because yeah you're gonna look you know, this way yeah and so I think that you have to assess what it is that you want get back into with it but also that there's those inner beliefs a lot of times that's where the jealousy comes from right it's a trigger when you see someone doing something that maybe you want to do but you don't believe that you can or you don't believe you're worthy of it or whatever it is there's a trigger so anytime you feel triggered by something it's an opportunity for you to take a dive and see why you're being triggered like what is it that is triggering you about that person or that thing and how can you it takes some time, but I always, it's a, it's a, there's a, the cognitive behavioral method where you can just keep saying, and, and so what, right? So I'm feeling triggered because so-and-so said this. Okay. And 
Like just keep asking yourself and, and what, or and why. And if you keep diving down, you'll get to the root cause of maybe you feel like, okay, well, shoot, like, I I don't feel like I'm worthy, you know, for whatever reason. And this can be attributed back to this thing that happened in childhood. A lot of our subconscious programming occurs within the first seven years of life. And at, at the most, it's usually within the first 14 years of life. So there's a lot of things that go on in that time that we aren't even, we're so, when we're young, we're so in our ego. And so we don't have the self-awareness to be able to look at something and say, oh, that's not about me. (laughs) And so a lot of times we have this programming that we associate that is is down deep inside of us that we aren't even maybe aware of. So if you can really, it takes time, it takes practice. It's not always easy and comfortable, but if you really are on an improvement and you want to like, you know, heal, that's part of the process. So curveball. Okay. A tough question is it, uh, is it is it not even a real thing like i i don't know what i'm saying is how can you not how can you not, can you, how can you you not give a f- okay thank you yeah i, I wanted you to say that yeah <laughs> I think you give, yeah yeah i think you give a fuck about the things that you want to give a fuck about and you don't give a fuck about the things that you don't give a fuck about you know i mean if if it's not important to you then who cares? Like, just let it go. You know, I think don't waste your time and your energy. I think of things now as an exchange of energy, even like when I'm going on dates or something like that. If I'm like, this is an exchange of my energy. And do I really want to be sharing, yes. like giving my energy away to this person? Is this person, you know, like, I just think of everything like that. And is this how I want to be spending my energy? Is there a better way I can be spending my energy? And if, if there is, then I'm out. Bye. See you later. Thank yes. you next (laughs) no no i totally get it and on that note i also feel like my um my energy towards dating varies Mm -hmm. and who knows that could be emotional food it could be workload and everything else combined but um what you said it is an exchange of energy and that time that you spend with someone you know that you actually have to work within your, your calendar and your, your life. And so all of those things can definitely be emotional detractors for you because mm-hmm. maybe you feel like you have to be at your best when maybe that day you weren't at your best. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I feel like a lot of people are just constantly forgetting about the elements of life. You know, life is very real. I think we have gotten, you know, thanks to, there's so much beauty in social media and having phones on us all the time and being able to be connected at all times. There's, there's a lot of wonderful things that can be said about it. But at the same time, I think we've gotten away from, from protecting our own energy. And I have no, I have, I give zero fucks about saying, you know what? I'm not interested in going on a date today. Like I'm not going to be my best self. I have other things that are a priority right now. If you're up for it, we can reschedule it for another day, but otherwise, otherwise I'm out. Like, you know, I'm not going to, I just, not doing something good for them. It's not good for you. Yeah. Because I think I I am a, I'm a, I tend to, I'm a recovering, I like to say I'm a recovering people pleaser. (laughs) I am an empath. And so I really can, I I have to be careful about not self abandoning myself for other people. Yes. And I cannot show up and be my best self if, if I don't prioritize myself and take care of myself. And sometimes that's 
you know, that I might feel like, oh, well, she's going to think I'm a bitch, but okay. If she thinks that because I had to prioritize myself, or if he thinks that because I have to prioritize myself, then we aren't meant to be friends. We aren't meant to date. We aren't meant to be in each other's lives. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's okay. That feels, that feeling, it's, it's actually a relieving feeling when you know that you're in control. You, you are in control. You don't have to people please everyone. And, you know, my, my daily life is fairly busy. There's always something I can constantly be working on. So I know that in the event that I walk away and I go on a date and I feel like I'm sacrificing, sacrificing my life, and my livelihood, my work, uh, mm-hmm. everything that I've, I've definitely been trying to accomplish in life. And so I think it, it's also harder for other people to understand that, you know, they're not, yeah. um, maybe they're not aware of like what it takes in order to go down that pathway where you feel like you want to be very mindful of your time and someone else's time. But um, those other individuals, it might be hard for them to understand. So uh, how have you dealt with that in the past? (laughs) Well, um, one, I think um, it's about balance and time management, because I think that we all make time for the things that are important to us. So I know for myself that, you know, I I don't know if you know, I recently moved to LA. So I just moved from Kansas City to LA almost a year ago today. So me um, too. Okay. So New York though. Yeah. (laughs) So in that time, in this year, I've spent a lot of time alone. And I think people are very uncomfortable in general being alone. I know my mom asked me all the time, like, don't you get lonely? And I'm like, no, no, I really don't. And then when I do, guess what? I call someone or I go do something. But I think when it comes to dating, the thing that I've had to be mindful about is not getting on the dating apps and swiping right just because I'm bored and I want attention in that moment if I'm not willing to invest the time later, right? So um, I know where my priorities lie right now, and I know that it's not in dating. And so I have purposely been making the conscious decision to not get on the dating apps. And then when I am on the dating apps, I think if you are on dating apps, you know, it's overwhelming and you can constantly right? Yeah, it's a job. It is. And I think part of the problem is that you have all these options available to you. And one of the boundaries that I've set for myself is I will only, if I match with I won't match with more than five people at a time because I want to be able to like actually give my time and attention to those people. Cause I think that that's not fair to be trying to juggle. You forget who you said what to you. are like, you know, you forget things about them and that's not really building quality. Relationships not, I literally about, just got a hello <laughs> hand like this yeah. yesterday and I still didn't respond. I was yeah. like, I feel bad. <laughs> But I'm just like, for what? This is cor- This is pandemic time right now. I'm not yeah. finding anybody during this. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's just being intentional with what I'm doing. Um, and, it, you know, it's not, it's not about how many matches I get. I think a lot of times it's about, it's a feel-good thing. Like, oh, they think I'm cute. Great. But you really aren't interested in getting to know them and actually dating them. It's just, it like gives you that little boost of like serotonin and dopamine really quick that makes you feel good. And you're like, okay, great. But, um, but I think that's part of the problem is you have such a mixture of people on the apps of, it's supposed to be a dating app. Like you're supposed to be on there to, to be looking for someone to date, right? Yeah. Ideally. To get off the and app. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that aren't on there. And, and I think it's, again, it's about my intention just... almost every single day is about living my life with intention, trying to be intentional with my words, my actions, my thoughts, everything. Now, of course, that's not always possible. Sometimes you I... want a steak dinner, you want a free no, meal. No, <laughs> I'm not that person. No, I'm not that person. I'm um, pretty I... sure I pay for a lot of steak and lobster. <laughs> Like I could have built a house with the amount of steaks and lobsters that I bought. Yeah, that. No, I'm not that person because it goes back to that's my time and my energy. And to it's me, true. my time and my energy is it's more precious. More than a meal. Yes. Hey, we need more. Yeah. You should yeah. please write a blog on that. We'll <laughs> we'll put it up okay. on the Positive People Posse 3P Daily site. Yes. That that'd be a great yeah. one. It's like don't sacrifice your time for a steak dinner. They're worth no. more than that. You're saving no. men's lives too. They're saving their <laughs> saving them money. Yeah. No, I'm not a I've never been that way. And I also always try to lead with how I would want to be treated. So I'm not big on ghosting or whatever. Like if I figure out that I'm not into it, I usually will just say a little something. And I think we are as a, especially kind of our generation right because we're the generation of the online dating and the social media and all that stuff we're really bad at that we're bad at having uncomfortable conversations oh, yeah and i think that when i when something's uncomfortable i'm just the type of person when something's uncomfortable i'm going to push myself to do it and challenge myself because that is an opportunity for growth maturity all the things right so um, it, when it's a difficult conversation to have and whenever they've thought it's a great date and they're like, hey, would you like to go out again? As easy as it is to be like, oh, sure. And then just like never respond to their text again. I literally will say, you know what? I really appreciate it. And it's been nice getting to know you, but I'm, I'm just not interested in pursuing something further with you in that way. And it's, uh, oh, I know. <laughs> It hurts just as much to say it, I think, as it does. <laughs> it does. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's no. never going to be easy. But I think that, you know, as someone who can be an overthinker, when that's happened to me in reverse where they just kind of ghost out, it, you start, like, blaming yourself. You're like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. And it, it, it really can be really devastating to your, like, self-esteem and self-confidence because you think, okay, like, oh, like, because I'm such a, I blame myself. And there's people who are out there like, oh, well, that's about them. I'm yeah. not that way. And so I know that I appreciate as hard as that is to hear. I appreciate that far more for them to just be like, you know, I'm just not into it. Instead of me hyper analyzing what happened and what went wrong and like obsessing over it, then I can just be like, oh, okay. And I can move on. Right. <laughs> yep. So. No, I definitely agree. I think uh, the older I get, the more I know and the more that I'm just okay with not feeling like I'm disappointing anyone because mm -hmm. I feel like I live my life with good intent. So yeah. um, there's no way for me to actually think that I'm a legitimate asshole. I don't, I don't really loathe myself. You know, I, I feel like I would, I treat myself the way I would want to treat other people as well. Mm -hmm. And that's just the honest aspect. Like mm -hmm. you just have to be honest that you're not feeling a certain situation or you need to really just create your own space, you know, and we're all on different cycles of life of like our journey and where we're going. And that's okay to deal with that. But honesty first, I think that's, I think honesty is a good guide for how you feel with, with what you eat, the relationships that you have, um, any aspect of life or what goals you want out of life, you know, constantly think with honestly honesty and I think that really helps um you know with the, that mental 
frustrations that we have mm -hmm. often. Well, and I think taking responsibility. I mean, people want to give their power away so much to saying, you know, oh, well, like, no, you have the power in every single moment of every single day yes. to make decisions to on how you want to receive information, process that information, how you want to react to that and respond to that situation. So it's like, no, no, no. It's, you know, you have the ability to respond in any way that you want to. You're the CEO and of your own life and journey. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it's true. And I think, I think that's the key to, um, I, I think I am one of those positive Pollyanna people all the time. And I, I think I probably walk the fine line of like positive toxicity sometimes for some people, but it's, um, people are like, how, how are you, like, how are you so happy all the time? And it's, I make the decision. Yeah. Even when I wake up, you know, today I woke up and it's cloudy here and it, that kind of can make you feel like, oh, like, you know, yeah. um, whatever, like things happen all the time that can easily change things my trajectory. Things happen all the time. All the time. But I get to decide if I'm going, how I'm going to receive that and process that and then how I want to move forward. And so that's where I think, again, it comes with practice. It comes and with the practice, it comes time. with patience, it comes with understanding your environment too, because yeah. I would also say that, you know, you may be more blessed than other people, but when you feel like you're in control of your environment, you're able to be more in control of your emotions. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have people that are high strung all the time and all around you, every single bit, when do you ever get a break from that? You know, yeah. so... So I, I think and I believe that what you're saying is it's okay to spend some time for yourself. It's okay. You need that time. You need that mm -hmm. separation from that anxiety or whatever, or these people that may be high strung. Um, mm -hmm. I know that's how I feel. You know, I, I, I'm all, all about being around people, but I definitely have my alone time no matter what. Oh yeah. I used to always say I was a thousand percent an extrovert. Like I always test in all the personality tests. I always test as an extrovert too, because I do love people. And I love being around people, but the older I've gotten, the more introverted I've become. And I recently learned that the correct word for that is ambivert, where you're like an equal extrovert and introvert. But I was joking with one of my friends the other day about with this quarantine, I've been so, I feel like my social muscle is like weak and I had a friend that was in town a couple weekends ago and I went on a couple of dates. It was like a lot of social activity. And I was like, Ugh. like, <laughs> no, I feel the same way. Exhausted. I was so drained. I was like, okay, I'm going to hibernate my room for like a full 24 hours. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't call me. <laughs> I need a minute. <laughs> the other day I, um, I actually, this rarely happens, but I left my phone at home. I jumped in my car and I got probably about 10 minutes away from the house and I turned around and I said, I could go back out, but I'm just gonna stay in. And yeah. I just stayed. But now all I needed was just to go see the streets. I didn't want to be on the streets that day. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm on that ambivert as well. Like yeah. I believe that I interact with a lot of people throughout the day, but you know, my quality time is, doesn't need to be constantly just surrounded by a whole bunch of activities yeah. for what? I don't feel like it's enhancing. I've already been there, done that. I'm always looking mm -hmm. for new opportunity enhancements. And right now, I can't travel that much, too. So I'm just yeah. kind of writing the places I would go down, <laughs> if anything. Yeah. 
the things yeah. that I would do. So, you know, life is a little bit different right now, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's, I think, you know, the other thing too is, um, I was going to touch on this earlier, is that It's okay. I need, I maybe need you water. need some. No, maybe you need some superfood. I know. I know. I need water. You I need water. Your water. Your brain is shriveled up like a prune right now. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Before before we jump off, what I would like to know is maybe um, if there's some other helpful tips that you have, and also you know the resourceful ways that people can find you. Yeah. Um. Well. I think a couple of tips is, like I said, starting small. Um, you know, I have this wellness inventory on my blog, and so you can download the PDF if you want to walk through it. But it's, I try and do this at least quarterly. Sometimes I do it monthly because as things change with life, your priorities are going to change. And as you're constantly working to improve different areas of your life, so the scores are going to change. So it's a good check-in to see where I am. And it's, you know, there's a couple different, it's been a three-step process on the blog, on my blog, and it's mytailoredlife.com, and you can walk through it. It's all up there for free. You can send off the PDFs and work through it, and it's just, again, it's a kind of a way to see what areas you maybe want to work on, how to set your goals, and then also how to, like, structure your day to be productive. Um, I think whenever you set goals, it can be really overwhelming, and we set these big goals, and then it seems like super far away. So breaking those down into super small goals and then trying to tackle two to three tasks a day that are gonna take you no more than 10 to 15 minutes. When you do that day after day after day, all of a sudden you're gonna look up 30 days later, 60 days later, whatever, and you're gonna be at your goal and you're like, oh wow, how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> so um, those are some, that's kind of actual steps with anything that you're wanting to improve in your life. And I mentioned my blog, my Instagram account is I am Taylor Berry, Berry like the fruit, B-E-R-R-Y. And so I post there and those are probably the two best ways. I do offer, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm in the process of working on a couple of online kind of five-day wellness challenge things that people can participate in kind of around some of these topics. So that'll be coming soon, but and you're, you're pretty much a mentor, right? You know, like, I think that's probably the best way to go about it. Everything that I've ascertained right here, you know, mentorship's really big. Uh, Positive mm -hmm. People Posse, uh, 3P Media, what we do is digital marketing. But often what we do is we just have conversations about, you know, business, about life and all these things. Um, one thing that we've realized is business owners and entrepreneurs, they are emotional and passionate about what they're doing. They're so passionate about what they're doing that they often lose track of what they need to be doing for themselves. So uh, mm -hmm. there's a relationship there that we have with our clients. And, you know, I think in any aspect of life, if we can constantly think of ways that we can better our, better our health, um, it's going to make, it's going to make our relationships go better and a lot further yeah. as well, you know? So uh, being thoughtful and mindful about how you feel uh, would definitely probably improve relationships and also influence other people to do the same thing too. Because when we start taking control of our lives, we want everyone else to know about it. You know, like that's, yeah. that's what feels good about taking care of making big strides. So 
Um, yeah. Taylor. And I think too, yeah, it's important to know that no matter your situation, honestly, there are little things that you can do that don't cost you anything that can improve your health and wellness. You know, maybe you can't afford to buy all the health foods or whatever, but that's okay. There's still little things that you can be doing to improve your health and wellness, improve your life and at our no cost to you or require a little effort. So, you know, there's no excuse is what I'm well, saying. That's, that's a sad <laughs> aspect that you had to uh, put it that way at the end. And it's actually the fact that it's okay if you can't afford the healthier foods. Healthier foods should just be affordable for everyone, no matter what. So uh, hopefully one day we address that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. My dream, my, my big goal is to have a house with my own like farm and animals where I can eat and have like a sustainable environment because there's just, yeah, there's so many pesticides and things out there. But I think yeah. um, eating an apple, regardless of whether or not it's organic or not, is still going to be, you know, is way better from a health perspective. Again, I don't like saying those like absolute words, but is gonna I'd rather eat an apple whether it's organic or not than you know a big fat cheeseburger most of the time depending on what your health goals are yeah, so yeah 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 you know just moderation is key well, yeah. Taylor, Taylor B I, yeah, yeah go ahead yeah. and what no give oh, me I, <laughs> I was gonna say I think people like to say that health food is expensive but actually you know an apple is like 69 cents the Honeycrisp which of course by far is my personal favorite is a little bit more expensive at like two dollars for apple but you can get apples you can get those types of things for less than a dollar whereas when you buy a packaged thing of food right five dollars for that and so it's just i think sometimes there's a misconception and i have lots of tips and tricks well we need, we need to buy on food. that blog we need, we need <laughs> more resources we need to figure yes. out all these tips from taylor b hey yeah, yeah. i appreciate your time i appreciate your energy um everyone follow uh taylor berry at i am taylor berry is that correct that's correct. on instagram and also go to our website <laughs> mytaylorlife.com mytaylorlife.com all right <laughs> it was a pleasure and of course please like and subscribe this video um and if you also need any digital marketing help contact us at positivepeopleposse.com uh, or info at positivepeopleposse.com happy to help or at least just have a conversation. Much love to you all. Live freely, stay positive.